everybody. Welcome to this new series of episodes we like to call Show Notes. We give you an insider knowledge about the ideas behind specific dance productions. We're kicking off the series talking to artistic director and choreographer Joanne Clivier about Scottish dance theatre's The Life and Times. Just to let you know, due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, Joanne and I connected digitally, so please forgive any brief moment while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Hi, Joanne. So lovely to chat to you. Could you start off briefly talking about the life and times? What is it? It's a digital performance um, that is live streamed from our stage at Dundee Rep. And it happens really as you're watching it. So the dancers are on stage performing and it's shot in one continuous shot. There is only one cameraman that we have choreographed into the piece. Um, and for an hour, we follow him and follow the journey of this uh, dance uh, performance that has been created uh, specially for the screen. So it's really um, a close collaboration between uh, myself and uh, Tao Anas Leitan, who's the uh, digital artist, and of course, all the ensemble of Scottish Dance Theatre. Amazing. And this is all shot in one continuous shot with one camera in the theatre, right? The Dundee Rep Theatre. Exactly. So we're creating a world on stage um, where anything can happen at any point, really. Of course, we've got dance and choreography, but I think it's almost like, like watching a painting or something like that, because there are all of these uh, characters that are really almost enigmatic. There are objects. Uh, it's almost, I think, like a mixture between a music video and a silent movie. Amazing. So it's almost like you get into this dance performance, but obviously, I guess, through the frame, frame that you have decided what frame we're going to look through to see these dancers, right? Um, in kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like going down the rabbit hole, I think. It's you following characters and because we are on a screen and not um, in the auditorium with the dancers, we kind of have to go with the flow of the camera. We, we don't choose where to look at, but we are kind of like following this, uh, yeah, like, like if you're following the white rabbit and encountering this, uh, this world that is uh, quite surreal, to be honest. Yeah. So talk to me more about this world, this idea that's come up of the life and times. Where did it start from? Yeah, we were interested in the stage as a, as a theatrical space, as a space uh, where illusions can happen, where magic uh, can happen, and also a place that can almost contain different um, experiences of time. And I suppose that's where the title comes from, Life and Times. I was interested in the idea of different experiences of time. For me, sometimes time seems to be stretching and it never ends. Like, you know, days, weeks can uh, seem like ages. And then all of a sudden you realize that time has moved on and you're, I don't know, it's, it's suddenly Christmas or it's suddenly, uh, or sometimes, especially uh, lately in the last uh, months and maybe years, uh, I feel sometimes I find myself, time goes in a cycle, like I find myself again in the same place. So I think I wanted to kind of like bring all of that into 
the stage. So I think that's where we started. And you mentioned a little bit of the perception of time. You wanted it to be timeless, but of course, in the time that this was created, it, it's heavily influenced on the times we're living in right now. But what I've understood, you used quite some influences from Baroque times with the music you chose as well, right? Yeah, that's right. I think, as you say, I wanted the piece to be informed by our experiences of, of this time. That's always important in my work, that it relates to the world that we're all living in. And obviously uh, the pandemic has had a big impact on, on all of us, but at the same time, I didn't want to make a, a, a COVID piece in, in a way. So, so um, this idea of in the last months, in the last years, I've, I've become really aware of time, also of how fragile we are as people, as humans, as bodies that can break down, our communities also uh, break down. So this sense of um, fragility, of vulnerability, uh, for me was interesting and related to time passing. You know, as time passes, we, we, we're all subject to, to, to change and to things to, to, to also uh, break down and fall apart. So I wanted to talk about that but I didn't want to make it specifically about this time. So actually the Baroque uh, era offered me almost like a, like a lens or like a filter. So we could talk about those themes, but in the Baroque era in the 16th, 17th century in Europe, there was this, this, this also awareness of, about time. And um, somehow you find it in their paintings in, in, in their writings from these times, lots of uh, references to time. So suddenly in, in a painting, you'll find like a sand clock or, or you'll find um, like, a, like a sentence, like, you know, seize the day or time is passing, all of these re reminders. So in a way it connected really well. So we started looking at sculpture, at painting from 16th and 17th century. And then of course we arrived to the music. And um, yeah, we started collecting or I started collecting all of this collection of uh, music compositions uh, from Bach, from uh, Handel, from Vivaldi, which you know are names that in a way are familiar. You've, you've maybe heard them once, but, but you know, I was definitely not an expert on Baroque music. I'm still not, but I was totally blown away by, by the beauty and, and the power and, the, and how expressive these uh, compositions are. So yeah, um, we we've kind of now have a whole soundtrack that is based uh, and using Baroque compositions. Amazing. And from what I gather as well, within the process that you have been working with, both with the camera and the music, it's been a somewhat of a new context for you to work in specifically as a choreographer. Um, <laughs> is there, there's, I guess, stuff that you have realized along the way um, about choreographing with the camera as well. Would you like to share some for the audience as well? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> a complete journey of learning. Um, I, I have usually created work for the stage and that basically means organizing bodies in space and time where an audience is witnessing what's happening on stage. But with uh, this medium, with the digital medium, you're basically creating a movie. And so that means that your relationship as an audience member, as a viewer, actually, it's even a different word, you're a viewer, um, it's completely different. So for example, if something is happening on the side of the camera, but we don't see it, we actually don't see it, 
it doesn't exist for, for the viewer. That doesn't exist. Um, and, and so to realize that actually I could um, create really interesting effects with that because suddenly we can be preparing, I don't know, there can be an elephant next to a dancer. There is no elephant, sadly, in the production, but there could be an elephant and, and next to a dancer. And so in, in one second, like you just shift and suddenly there is an elephant there, right? Um, so you, you can really, I think as the process went on, I started having more and more fun with how we can play with, uh, with space, with our perception of space. You can get really close to the dancers. You can feel almost see their, their sweat. You can feel their clothes. You can watch them from above. We can watch them from underneath. So there is a real um, uh, dynamic uh, way in, in watching something that actually yeah, you you may be for sitting on your on on your sofa or at home, uh, but actually, it's it's actually a really dynamic experience. Yeah, and we all, I guess we also talked about in this world of digital content and how um, dance or art on stage can fold into that. Um, I presume in the best of worlds, all art on stage and live in person is what we aim towards. But in this context, obviously we are working with these all these different mediums. And you were talking something about still the experience, experience being the same. And you talked about something about an A experience that it's not a substitute, right? I was really keen not to give our audience um, exactly a, a substitute experience or a B experience. You know, when I'm at the gym and I'm, uh, you know, on the treadmill, you, you've got the screen and you're watching all of these amazing music videos. And I never have the feeling that that's like a B experience. I think that's something, an amazing piece of, of art and entertainment that somebody has made to be seen that way. And I really, I'm trying to, to give that sort of experience to an audience so that they don't have the feeling that, ah, oh, it's, it's lovely, uh, thank you for trying, but, but you know, I, I wish I was in the theater. And um, I hope that with this uh, work, we can really provide something that is actually a, a high quality experience or, or, a, or an experience that is, is, is satisfying and fulfilling and that you're not just sitting there going like, oh, this, this must be amazing to see life. Actually, if when you watch the Life and Times from the theater, it's just a mess. It's a total mess because there's so much going on around the camera. Um, dancers running around to get in the right place. And like, there's all sorts of things going on that uh, the viewer doesn't see. And so I want the viewer to have an, a, a prime experience and to have the best seat in the house. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit more about what the dancers are actually doing. Like, how are they moving like? Yeah, I'm a choreographer that doesn't come into the studio and creates uh, steps, you know, teaches a, a sequence, five, six, seven, eight, copy what I'm doing. I very much bring um, tools, ideas, tasks into the studio that then the dancers respond to. And for this piece, because it's related to time, um, I think the idea of process became really important, of physical process. And by that, I mean, um, the dancers have some parameters. It's almost like you, you input in, the, in this amazing uh, machine that is you know, the, the body of a dancer. Um, they have this incredible intelligence where, where you input some information. Uh, that might be, for example, that 
you are only going to uh, work with rotations, with orbits of different body parts. And these orbits are always going to be horizontal. And sometimes uh, maybe they're going to change direction, for example. And then what we see when we're watching the performance is the dancers really dealing with those parameters in real time. So they are kind of uh, working with the physical process that both shows their amazing virtuosity and intelligence. Um, and at the same time, it also shows their human vulnerability because they're having to make decisions uh, and, and you see them making the decisions and, and trying to work it out live. And, and I think that's just such a beautiful, generous thing to do as a performer. And in relation to this piece, for me, it relates to what we were talking about, about this idea of process, but also of human fragility, because we are basically as humans just trying to respond and make things up as we go along. Yes, it's the improvisation of life, right? Um, improvise as we go along all day, every day. So dancers have different tasks, right? The different tasks that you could ask them to just spin and go around for a really long time. And they responded to how that was interpreted in their body. But what I've understood as well, they're also responding to different materialistic objects, at least some of them, right? Yeah, that's right. I think materials are really important in this piece because we are working on the stage. We started using tools that you would find in a theater as props. So, you know, without giving much away, I mean, there's, there's definitely uh, some funky um, uh, props appearing like, I don't know, buckets and tables and uh, screwdrivers and, and that sort of thing. Um, but also the dancers themselves, uh, some of the tasks that they are working with relate to the idea of the body as material, particularly as the body as dough, like as a malleable, you know, like when you're making bread, for example, um, you, you have this really physical, it's almost like a workout. You're you're, you're working with this material that is malleable, but has a density and a consistency. And a lot of the um, times the dancers have images uh, in their heads that relate to that, relate to um, move, stretching that material or moving it uh, in the space or like slowly pouring it. So different qualities of working with the material, different ways of interacting with it, with different tools and different ways of imagining uh, the body as material. Uh, it might be something really thick and gooey, or it might actually be something absolutely weightless and, uh, and light. And that gives very different physical and visual textures. So it could almost be like, I imagine my body to be spaghetti and that's my I guess, imagery for one of the tasks, for example, right? I love spaghetti as a, as a material, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? So if you, would, if you have to choose three words that would encapture or explain this piece, which three words would you choose? Ooh, um, I think I would go for journey, process, and magic. I love it. That makes total sense. Wonderful. Last thing to wrap it up. What do you hope the audience can take with them after they've seen the performance? I think, um, I think that I would love them to leave 
with a with a sense of hope, uh, of spaciousness, of uh, play, because I think in the piece, even though we explore, you know, what it is to be alive today, and, and that sort of sense of fragility that I've spoken about, there's definitely a, a through line um, that is really um, celebrating the power of imagination, the power of magic, of poetry, that yes, we are um, fragile, we have uh, become even more aware of, of our own uh, mortality, of, our, of, of how time passes, of, of all of that, yet when we engage in a creative endeavor, and we all do that, we absolutely all do that, like it's not, on, it's not about being a dancer or an artist, um, but when we are, allow ourselves to be creative, to be imaginative, time stops. We, we really become uh, kind of so engrossed in, in, in this act of creating, of creating a beauty, poetry, um, something different, odd, that, that expands, makes reality basically something uh, more expansive. Uh, more uh, magical, more open. I think when, when we do that, we really transcend time. And, and I would love if our viewers um, really get a, a taste of that, because I think we've had such, we've had to be so reasonable um, and so uh, sensible in the last uh, months and years that I think it, it would be fantastic if, if we could kind of bring back some of the magic into the world. Yeah, I definitely hope so too. And I'm very sure it will, at least from my point of view. Um, thank you, Joanne, so much for this introduction um, about the life and times. Um, would you let us know where we can get more information about the performance, but also tickets, etc.? Of course. So the Life and Times is a production from Rep Studios. That is uh, Dandy Rep and Scottish Dance Theatre's digital platform. So you can find uh, information about the work in scottishdancetheatre.com. You'll find the links uh, to Rep Studios, um, and, or you can go directly to the Rep Studios website, which is dundirep.co.uk, and uh, find all the information, book your tickets in there. And yeah, we hope to welcome you on the journey. Thank you so much, we will. Thank you for listening to this episode of show notes on head shoulders knees and pop if you enjoy our content then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to the show on you can follow us on facebook and instagram at hsk pod and you can find more information and donate at hsk-pod.com to keep helping us make the podcast better this episode was hosted by me matilda Biaru, produced edited and social media support by katie daniel